0: Preceding announcement is a day four for the new world order. Yo!
1: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, welcome to another episode of Top Talk about Podcast. V, Shasinski, E. Duce, Uncle Fast is finally back. Um, today's episode is not about a recap or anything like that. This is an After Talk episode. We've been postponing this episode for the last couple of days. Um, but this is about the Undertaker retired. Of, um, as of Sunday, when he um releases uh release a call after I me. Mean, the the last bit of the the final chapter of the Undertaker, the Last Ride docu series, and um, we are just coming together as a wrestling collective and just talking about the Undertaker's legacy, Undertaker's career. Um, probably say some stuff, and you know, you might never know. I might tell some stories. Um, before we get into that, thank you, Anchor, for giving us the podcast platform that we need to make our podcast happen. Our podcast here on Anchor, please follow us um, on all us on all the um, podcast outlets from here to Anch- over here on Anchor Podcast, to Spotify, to SoundCloud, to Google Podcast, Breaker Podcast, and Real Public Podcast as well. And you can find us on social medias on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Off- a podcast, search us in the search bar, and um, of course, it gave us a customization tools that we need to make our podcast possible. It um, helps us distribute and share our product to different um, podcasts, um, to the podcast outlets, as I understand before, and make a little money on the side during um, using their sponsorship programs. So if you want to get your own podcast, rock, rock and roll, the same thing. Go to www.anchor.fm from your computer, laptop, or tablet, or you can go to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download it from there. A-N-C-H-O-R. The easiest way to make a podcast. Thank you, Anchor. Um, So um, as we all kind of witnessed and um, heard the headlines about on Sunday that he's officially retired, that he's retired, he has no desire to get back into the ring, He's a lone cowboy that walked that walked out on his own into the sunset. And he was 55 years old when he, and now symbolically, encrypted words his retirement speech. So um, we're just gonna go around. So since there's only three of us, shouldn't really take us that much long. Um, Duke, you can go first. You can talk about um. Undertaker, how he met you as a person, as a fan, um, what some things that you liked about him, what you didn't like. Um, just tell us how you feel. Tell us how you feel uh, about Undertaker just in general um, based on what you know.
2: Uh, um, I thought The Undertaker has been a huge, huge fan. I've been a huge fan of The Undertaker. In uh, the thing is, he scared the crap out. Of he's probably the first wrestler that literally will give you this, this scare. Every we all know the legendary lights out, dong, dong. Once you hit that dong, you already know who it is. Um, I would say he has probably legendary matches as all his as whole career. Robberies between him and Stone Cold, him and Shawn Michaels, him and Nair Kai, him and Kane, even Vince McMahon. I think that to me is more sort of we just had a, we just had a conversation about this a while while back when he just signed a 15-year deal and we all sat here and thought that he was probably retire within be with that 15 years deal. Right now. Is it brings joy because he is probably the last of our error to actually happen? And did I say say it before the last? last As a person, I've seen interviews with we do the Stokoe podcast, every other podcast. He is pretty really a cool type of person. As well that's what I've seen so far. Cool, uh, laid back, everything. Um, the only thing I want to know is, well, most of us all want to know who will induct him into the Hall. Next year, because we all know he's going next year, he's definitely going to be the highlight of every wrestler of every Hall of Fame induction. So, who you think will actually will be the person to abduct him? And from now,
0: huh? Said Tony Schiavone. <laughs>
2: For a second, I, I had I two people in mind. And if if he was still living, a third. The person, the three people I had is this man, Paul Bearer, and Kane. Because we all know, Kane and Undertaker had probably the best rivalry out the attitude error. and just how the storyline took place between brother versus brother, and that, and how he portrayed himself as the top dog in that locker room. You would not get anyone better than him. Every everybody goes to the Undertaker. Even I heard a story, and I found this I found this completely other a uh, total shock. Everybody remembers the Triple H and Stephanie storyline, right? Of but did y'all know that Triple H had talked to The Undertaker? Yes, <laughs> and and knowing that, do you think that's kind of crazy to know, like, yo, not not the he ain't talked to Vince. He talked Triple H had talked to The Undertaker in order for that in order for that Stephanie McMahon storyline. And also in real life, too. That's how much respect he has. That's... If you have to do that, then... My God. That's how you know he really was Vince McMahon's um, best project in WWE. His best work. No wonder why he acts. Now I sit back and think about it. No wonder why he asks Vince, or Vince always asks him, look, I need you. Every time Vince called, I don't think it would come. Loyalty. I- mm-hmm. He has a, he
1: he a loyalty the- to Vince, no matter the fuck and- what. Vince gave him a chance, and he felt if he gave him a chance and he'd been successful, he owes him.
2: Mhm. And knowing that, on top of that, everybody talks about a, the click. And there's also a click that I think it had too. BSK with with Go, with the Godfather Yokozuna. Rakishi, Savio Vega, Paul
0: Vera. That, and uh, the what was what was the name of that group again?
1: Bone Street BSK. Crew B- BSK.
0: Okay.
2: And I can't say I. The best matches, because basically <coughs> you could put any. We all consider say any top five, top ten batches. Uh, take a hat of all time. And and once we do, some of them will have to we'll have to include Shawn Michaels, some of them with Stone Cold, Bret Hart, Mankind, and Kane. Is a well over, is well worth it. I like that he's getting his just due. We might as well give the rose to him now while he's still loving, mm-hmm. then do it while he while he passed. So I'm so I'm tipping my hat off. To this, to this great legend of over 30 plus years and no one can't do it better than him. A big man that can move like a like a high flyer in the way. That, that's what I can say for right now. I'll go fast, you got the phone.
0: What's up, you motherfuckers? <laughs> yeah, man. Where do I begin? Okay, let's start from the beginning. I mean, what? Nineteen ninety, ninety one is when we saw the the unveiling of the of the Undertaker when I first saw him Survivor Series. That shit freaked me the fuck out. Like, who the fuck is this powdered, white, pale, tall individual of a man who just you know just takes control. And then what what pisses me off is that you have him fight Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation and it was like nothing that they did penetrated nor did it hurt the Undertaker and I was pissed off because I'm a huge Bret Hart and the Hart Foundation fan. So that so you know off rip that shit alone pissed me the fuck off and that shit had me upset because there was nothing better than, you know, the best there is, the Hello? best there was, and the best that ever will be. Hey, you? So, I, I took that shit to heart, deeply. But I understood, as years went on, that it was time for a change. And to see him not only change the game, but also elevate it to where you can be dark, and be cool, and be dominant, and fear is okay it's not an option but it's okay and just to be like the ultimate face heel or heel face uh, and to not only be that but also gain the respect from every fan every wrestler um, to not jump ship to not pretty much give up like it speaks volumes 30 plus years of Dedicating your your blood sweat and tears to a company that most people don't get that opportunity um to do and I will have I will say that the undertaker is one of the last dying breeds of that old school new school wrestling type character that will that we'll probably never ever see again. Um, it's sad. But it's also a glorious moment because people like us can honestly say it's just like similar. Uh, and I'm not saying that it is, but I'm saying as far as career-wise, it's similar to a Kobe Bryant without the passing. We get the we we had the opportunity to literally watch this man come into wrestling and literally build his career from scratch to now see him call it a you know call it quits and is now considered a well he was considered a Hall of Famer years ago, but to put the icing on the cake. Just kinda it's a it's a moment that guys like us cherish and that we appreciate as fans first. And enthusiasts you know, second. It's 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 sad to see him stop, but we understand time gets on, you know, certain characters are, are able to linger on later on throughout the years and there's some that just literally have to stop and because of his character, what he brings to the table, it wouldn't be right if we had a half ass undertaker in the ring. It wouldn't be right if he just gave us a little oomph We want that full blown, you know, rise up from the dead, take the punishment, dish it out. Uh, you know, you last ride and or chokeslam or, or tombstone and then you, you fade off or fade into black. And then on to the next. Now it's a new chapter for his life, and I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him. you know, and, and and I will say this to throw a little pun in it. Shout out to the to, to all the successful guys who have named Paul, because that fucker speaks volumes. Okay, let me just say that throw that little uh in there. Um, and a lot of people don't know that the fact that this dude really before he. Before he was a wrestler, man, this dude was a real American badass. Like a real American badass. Like someone that you really did not want to fuck with on the outside.
2: Pure Hell's
0: Angel advocate. Someone who's known for knocking out motherfuckers way before he even laced up the boots. So this man had a reputation of whooping ass and sending people to the dark side before this character came to light. Uh, We could talk about all the matches, all the accolades. I mean, there's matches after matches that I will never get tired of. The one is the first Hell in the Cell match with the unveiling of Kane. That shit still gives me, you know, shivers up my spine. Um, The match against Mankind on the Hell in the Cell, where he gets thrown off the, the fucking top of the cell. That was a classic. Then I forgot the WrestleMania, where I think it was like the re- the last WrestleMania fight between um, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels with Triple H as the referee. Certain matches like that where you know it sets the tone and it creates a bone.
1: Undertaker versus Triple H with Shawn Michaels as the guy's referee? The end of the yeah. era, man. It's hell in the South.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. sorry. Yes. Thank you for the correction. I'm sorry. No problem. Um, that those matches right there, you can you can base just the magnitude of his career. Not too many people have hung with the likes of a Shawn Michael or a Triple H. Like this man has faced every single guy that was the man in the Attitude ever and has been successful. He has beaten them all. What more can you ask for? What more can you scream for? The man is the undertaker for the reason. You know, casket matches, buried alive matches, hell in the cell matches, hardcore matches, street fights, brawls, the promos, the endless amount of promos and interviews that have been set only to be idolized and never duplicated. We've seen the fake diesel, we've seen the fake Razor Ramon, we see all the other bullshit, but there has never been another Undertaker, and there never will be. And I am more than grateful and and happy to say, you know what, a job well done to an illustrious career for someone who fully deserves it. This man has bled. you don't know how many times we've seen this man get cracked the fuck open, how many chair shots, uh, endless brawls and fights that this man has been through. And just to come out and be on top and still have that love and respect, hell yeah, I'm for it. I mean, I'm going to miss him, but I know, you know, this is wrestling. This is the business, you know. You got to make room for the new pups, for the new the new guys that want to claim the yard and be the big dog if you want to take a reference out of Romans page, um, but it's just it's 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 long overdue. <coughs> this is the, this is the stuff that we, as fans, what we live for, whether it's sports or whether it's wrestling, we we fall in love with those that we fall in love with, characterize, and then you know we don't want them to ever die, but we also have to stand. That's part of the business. And this is one character that I can honestly say that I'm really gonna miss. Outside of Stone Cold, like I'm gonna miss the Undertaker, no bullshit. I'm gonna miss that whole gong three gong thing and then the, the lights going dark and then everybody cheering and, and and screaming and the 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 lights popping on with the with the flames and all that other shit. I'm gonna miss that. No one has that much of a uh huge intro uh, that literally sets the tone like the Undertaker. And I'll take that any day over anything else. It's going to be hard to know that the fact that he's really not stepping foot back into the ring unless it's time for that Hall of Fame speech. And I'm absolutely okay with that. You want to roll it? Okay. Um, I don't I don't really have much to say after that, man. I just, I just wish him, you know, the best after the, you know, after career, after life career. He's married to Michelle, right? Yep. Uh, you know he's happy. <laughs> you know he's happy. Everything's cool on that side. She get to have her baby back in one piece. Oh yeah, she's happy. She's not playing no games. That woman is so secured. And 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 so well taken care of. It's not even funny. And you're right. That that was Vince McMahon's little little little. You know, that was his go-to guy outside of Shawn Michaels and a couple other guys. Uh, you'd have to put Undertaker as one of the the guys that that Vince McMahon has coddled for over twenty years. Uh, you can just tell just just you can just tell just by how he treated Undertaker compared to everybody else. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you, you bring in somebody that not only helps you save a company, but he also elevates the company, revitalizes the company. Um, and then some of the greatest, like, wrestling stories slash sagas to ever hit TV came from Undertaker and Vince McMahon that whole buildup of the, uh, what was the name of that dark group? Um,
2: ministry of darkness.
0: Yes. Ministry of darkness was one of the biggest things that, that helped catapult his career. And also like show everybody how sadistic and crazy. This man will go to not only boost ratings, but to make light of everything else. And, um, when you got someone who sees that vision and, and is on board with it and sells it to the T, like, we didn't know that Vince McMahon was behind that shit. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it didn't matter how much you knew, how much insight you thought you had back then, you didn't know who was winning what. It's not how it was now than it was back then. Like, everything's changed, and it's just, it's that mystery part is long gone. And that's what I'm going to miss with The Undertaker is that mystery. You don't know which Undertaker you're going to get. You don't know what kind of badass you're going to receive. The only the only thing that you're going to receive that's the same is that ass whipping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's the only thing that's going to be normal. Other than that, you don't know which Undertaker you're getting. So, uh right, shout out to the WWE for – over 30 years of, of terror and fright and good times and bad times. Shout out to Undertaker for a illustrious career. May you really rest in peace on the good note. Enjoy your time away from the ring, your family. Make new memories. You got a young wife and Michelle. Have a pop out a few more little takers. And then just enjoy, man. Just sit back and enjoy, and you know, we'll, we'll see them again. We'll we'll have that time. And that's all I gotta say, man. I don't really have much to say, man.
2: Thank you bro. Thank you guys for
1: um, giving y'all real in-depth, real deep thoughts about this. For me, this is gonna go real personal, so you just might hear me cry at the end. Um, where are you begin? I grew up a wrestling fan because of my mother. God rest her soul. She took me to my very first wrestling match as a baby. Sitting up there, sitting up there in the old Boston Garden. And it was WWF back then, WWE back then, WWF used to come to the Garden every weekend for the weekend shows. It will always be a, it will always be a two-day show thing. I mean, a, a, um, a two-day showcase I remember me my first time seeing him, besides the pay per view. Now, literally, now let me remind, now let me remind you guys. I'm I'm 30. I'm 30. The Undertaker didn't debut till November 1990. I wasn't born until March 1990. So, and the, when he just came in and was already thrust into the main event picture, I was just barely one years old, two years old, watching him on my mother's lap, in the garden, seeing him not only not lose against Hogan in the main event, but he still comes out on top and puts him in the body bag and carries him off to the back, like he's still dominant. That took me right there on the spot, and that's how I remember the Undertaker the most, being vivid that the first person I ever recognized was him. And because my mother was a Hulk Hogan fan. <laughs> so it kind of it got her pissed off. So <laughs> that's what brought me, my mom's bond, more, more, more connected to wrestling. That's what made me a wrestling fan at heart. So from the very beginning, so from the very beginning <clears throat> um, of his career, to see him rising up to the top, going after the championship at first against Hulk. A Survivor Series, 1991, moving on and moving and having different and, and having different rivalries. I remember having the old VHS tapes recorded, and my mother would always get the pay per views and always record them so I can watch it later. And I remember the Royal Rumble, 1994, him versus Yokozuna match, and the Casket match. As a four, as a three, four year old kid watching this, like it was the greatest thing on earth. And at the very end of that match, Undertaker appears, appears, appears a tight trying to deliver his speech, and then they have a special effects to crack. Um, and then you see a um, a little stick dummy floating up into the air, but that was a way for him right writing off to go into um go to a groin injury that he has suffered. So he was gone for a few months. Now, looking at that as a kid, it was a great thing on fucking earth. This guy is awesome. Period, bar none. And when he comes back, he's, he, he's going to finish with the fuck he's starting. When he came back after Undertaker in the black and purple. That what really took me in full-fledged. Forget about WCW back then for me. I was straight WWF. I was Undertaker to the core. I was I was the creature of the night. I was the creature of the night with him. I was, I was there <clears throat> for the Mankind rivalry, the Gold Dust rivalry, which people don't really... Don't really know, but they sure really pay attention to. When go back in 1996 and look at those rivalries that he had, those were actually underlying classics. And yeah. I mean, in my, I, I mean, from I mean, from I mean, well, from my heart, I don't know about everybody else's, but then as I get older and the actual era kicks in, you see him change and more of. It started being more target, more dialogue. Then you're really hooked. Oh my god. We didn't know that he can talk. I mean, we knew that he can talk slow, slow, and steady, but we didn't know that he can really, really hit you with some shit. So as an eight-year-old, you're like, damn, this is great. And more importantly, who can forget WrestleMania 14? One of the greatest nights of my life. Somehow, some way, my cousin and my sister teamed up to find two tickets. I don't know how the they did it. But I was up there in that balcony seat, nosebleeds <laughs> of WrestleMania 14. Three days after my birthday in 1998. Ooh. I just just eight years old. So I was I ecstatic. And seeing Undertaker <laughs> coming out gave me goosebumps. I still, I mean, I lost my fucking camera that night. I was pissed off. I was so mad. <laughs> so I cried. I mean, I cried. I cried. But then... My sis my cousin had told me he was like, There's gonna be other times that you might see him in person, so you might get so you might get a picture with him later. Always thought about that, but that somehow never happened. And I wish it happened that night. But nonetheless, um Undertaker moving forward, the rivalries that he had to establish himself, the work that he the work that he puts in against anybody and everybody and still makes it a good match. You can hear you hear it from people from past, present, and potentially the future, that he is a very athletic big man. He knows how to work as a big man. He knows how to work. And we get in a ring with him, you're gonna have a great match. He's gonna up your portfolio and that's what he done to so many superstars. From the rock to Stone Cold to Brett I mean Rock, Stone cold Bret, Yo I mean Brett, Yo Kazuna, um we go further on. Well, uh, we go further down the line. Brock Lesnar, mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy. You know, we can go. even yeah. e- We can go further. Uh, Mr. Kennedy, then. Randy Orton, Randy Orton, especially Randy Orton. You see what happened with that? Mark Henry. Like the list goes on to how many people's his career that he helped catapulted just by like getting in the ring with him, working. And working and maintaining your role, and he gives you de- and he delivers you great matches, even going into injury. Uh, I remember one time he was wrestling Triple H on the episode of Monday Night Raw, and he was the marquee of that night, and he had flagjacked um and he had flatjacked his ribs. Because it was one time, there was one spot that he did when he felt he was really clinching his ribs. I'm like, oh, he's really injured. And something and something slipped. And he tried to, re- and tried to readjust it back up. I'm like, he's wrestling hurt? I did not know that. So I asked a bunch of questions. Like, these guys really be working hurt? Like, how did they get over the pain? And they got to come back to do it the very next week. As I didn't know about house shows. So, you know, that this whole thing was only like once a week or every twice a week. So after one episode, you get to fly home and then come back. Whatever. So I'm like, okay, cool. That sounds like pretty damn decent. I didn't find out the real truth about wrestling until when I reached middle school. And I researched about wrestling schools and how to really take a bump. And I actually really did take a bump. Yeah, I actually did get vertical suplex and shit like that as much as I was young enough to. But it was like a summer camp thing. But back to the Undertaker thing, Um, this connected in a sort of way because I even thought about becoming a wrestler. Because of people like him being in the ring and him being the big guy being able to work and have a great matches, it's like, can you really do that for yourself? Can you picture yourself in that type of situation? And this is how we really have as a fan that you're really immoralizing one person that this is your like this is your life source. This is your main guy that you want to turn your back on for any reason whatsoever. Regardless if you if if he would have done any wrong. I want to turn my back on this man. He helped catapults, catapult people careers, elevates. And most importantly, he's one of the most, he's, he's the only one person, the only one person that has the most gimmick matches. Hell in a Cell will never happen because of him. Bury Alive match will never happen because of him. The Caskey match will never happen because of him. The Last Ride match
2: will never happen because of him. Wait, one more. The Inferno. The
1: inferno match is going to be both him and Kane's, but okay, fine,
2: I'll give him that. Um, I'm sorry. All reason why I'm saying that is just because that inferno match, even though that was Kane's own doing, but the first people who was actually was on it was Kane and Taker, so they could they could both say that, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, but um, but. That's
1: Yeah, he's the one person I know that has the most gimmick matches that the WWE is still holding on to. (laughs) So he's actually the cornerstone and innovator of most of the gimmick matches in that company. And how it wasn't really for him, and those matches had to consist of him being involved in it, otherwise it, it wouldn't get over with anyone else. So as we see the evolution coming from 1999 to American Badass 2000, Judgment Day, 22000 when I was 10. I remember that pay-per-view because I actually watched it. <laughs> yeah, I actually you had do? to spend my <laughs> allowance money. Yeah, I had to spend my allowance money, but it was worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I know what the hell I did. <laughs> and, and I won the most money the following year at WrestleMania 17 where I got most of the matches right. <laughs> So, oh. so basically, Undertaker made me a lot of money within that year. <laughs> but then, just to see the evolution of his character, that means he's not falling off. Like you know how certain characters can can't go through that evolution. Like they like and, you know, and they don't grow, they get stale, and then they die. Well, he got with the times when things just start evolving and the company start evolving and changing. He changed his character too. He adapted and got with the times. So he taught me a lot about when you get older, you have to start learning how to adapt to your environment and know what you're going to have to do and how you're going to handle it. He taught me a lot about loyalty too, because he been loyal to the same person, signed them paycheck for thirty years. And that's loyalty to teeth. That's some. That's something that no, I mean, I honestly don't think anyone will ever have. There's only certain people that I think that have the undying loyalty to somebody, like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit, undying loyalty to each other. Undertaker, Vince McMahon, undying loyalty to each other. Shawn Michaels and Triple H, undying loyalty to each other. You know what I mean? National Hall, National Hall too, undying loyalty. Well, the whole well, all five of the click members, that's the undying loyalty. So. Yeah. He demonstrated that for me to be loyal loyal to the people that's loyal to you then you know they're genuine and he feels that visper men, even through the good times and the bad times, has been genuine with him and always protecting him and he had always stood up for the he stood up for the boys he stood up to Vince, so he was a man's man. So he was beloved and respected inside the ring, outside the ring, and behind closed doors, and within the whole company and the wrestling industry itself. There's not one person that can ever say anything negative about The Undertaker. Either past when he was just doing his independent scene to go into WCW and then go to WWF, or even now, outside of it. There's no one on this planet that can say anything negative about that man. And I'd be damned if I ever would to hear that.
2: No, you're not. Move, moving forward not. that,
1: and then he goes back to being the dead man 2004. Oh, I remember that pay-per-view so well. I had to fight my uncle for that pay-per-view. Then on top of that, I did some dumb bullshit. The month before that, I dug February like the worst month of my of any year that I ever have. So I'm gonna just I'm gonna just air this out. I ordered a bunch of porn on there. I tried to pretend that I didn't do it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That's how I was exposed to sex through porn. <laughs> and that wasn't because of the whole Comcast cable boxes. It was before when the black boxes had to be signed on them things, okay? So that's just getting it out the air now. <laughs> so, I had to fight for my uncle. Like, Yo, I'll give you whatever birthday money I get. I just need to watch the cable you. And he actually made it happen. Thank, thank you. <sighs> 13, 14 years old with PBD strikes. <laughs> and this was before high school, so this was it. In- and this wasn't before. This wasn't before I met you. <laughs> so look, just, just, look, just know good. that. Just know that. Just know that. <laughs> oh god! they yeah, God that shit. Paul. they Paul ain't here either. Otherwise, I would have to really like cut myself off.
2: <laughs> but, look, it's um, all right. It's all right. Your you with see? Me. Okay. <laughs> okay,
1: shut up. Whatever. <laughs> I already, I already know some shit about you, Do Tally. So let's not go there. So back what? to the Undertaker, <laughs> yeah. So back to the Undertaker stories. Um, uh, yeah. So this is when he went back to be the dead man. <clears throat> this is when he went back to being the dead man. Um, the dead man to go back the face Kane me in 20. What a great payview that was, <clears throat> just all around. Um, then we see the rivalries. Now this is where. From that point on, there were small rivalries like hiding right certain stuff like that. Randy OI was the big one that kind of like stood out. But to me, and and we want to dig through my favorite matches, which I'll go by timeline wise. Okay. Mankind versus the Undertaker, King of the Ring 1996. Then again, at at Buried Alive for the um, Casket match. I hated the Survivor Series match, that was complete bullshit. Even though the interest was L, but the match sucked. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Sorry, Undertaker. Um, WrestleMania 13 against Psycho said. boy, when he actually won the title. Yes, thank you. Um, the month after was against Mankind when he smacked the steel steps onto his face and then he crashed and then he crashed head first uh, into a table. That was great. <laughs> Him and Mankind, that their chemistry was awesome. Fast forward to SummerSlam 1996, Undertaker versus Bret Hart. That was a great matchup. As a seven-year-old watching that, it was great. It was perfect. Except for for the Shawn Michaels one. Shawn Michaels, I I hated that prick back then. (laughs) Just like everyone else did, I hated him back then too. (laughs) Um, Fast forward to, I guess, well, WrestleMania 14, because I was actually there in the building. (laughs) <laughs> to actually go through that experience. Um then there was of course, you know, the King of the Ring match on uh, I mean the King of the Ring pay-per-view Hell in the Cell. Don't the uh, don't out the cell. Don't so, the cell. Um yeah, that was that was an absolute classic of that one of course. And who can ever fucking forget that? He wrestled on the he he was wrestling on the fractured ankle. Undertaker is the type of person that would that, that he don't care if he's hurt. He's going to work. He's going to do his job. He wrestled that hell in the summer with a I mean a, with a fractured ankle and couldn't barely really stand and still pull out the match. Got balls, kid. I mean, got balls, man. Um, playing matches and then of course one of them that was the most underrated one going into two thousand and six. Was him versus Kurt Angle at No Way Out that pay per view for the world heavyweight yeah. title? That, that one, oh my yeah. god! I love. I was like, yo, you put my two favorite guys together for a pay per view in the main event. I'm like, yo, I'm sucking it. I'm sold. Oh my god! Yeah, I was a huge fan, and I and I was conflicted about the finish, <clears throat> but it got away with it. <laughs> But we just see him but we see him through different generations through different roster changes still having great matches with anyone that he's put in the ring with except for that Muhammad Hassan bullshit that shit gotta fucking go <laughs>
2: he's, uh, the, sad, the sad part is he was about to put Muhammad's massage over but um, I I heard that <clears throat> that all the reason why he didn't is just because of, um, 9-11 was taking place. So they had to scratch everything apart. Right. That sucked. <laughs> yeah,
1: but then that got squashed. Yep. <laughs> but um there's certain rivalries that come later on, but you know what I'm saying? But when it came to this, he wasn't basically the SmackDown leader, the SmackDown locker room leader. Period. And most importantly, back then when they had wrestlers court, he was the judge. As people probably don't know, that's what really happens. But now they don't do that wrestler court thing anymore. Which sucks, because that could just you know got a lot of shit done. But nope. So Undertaker was judge, jury, and execution when it came to wrestlers court back then. And I heard stories that um Malina got me, I Melina mean, uh, got pretty bad, a really harsh punishment. Um JBL did too. Some other people did as well. And the punishment was like either serving beer or you pay or he they pay for hotels for like a month or something like that. So weird, so weird, crazy ass story. That I'm like, damn. Like, oh shit. Like you might be saving all that fucking money, so you might be working hard. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's always been the go-to guy, as Duke said. Triple um, Ace even went to him to ask him about his advice about about him dating Stephanie, and he and he told him what it is. He don't give a shit, but he knows who he is. He you know he and he knows who the hell he is. So as long as you know who the hell you are, what I mean, what should stop you from that? And look at Triple Ace now, still married to the same woman, and been that way ever since. Mm-hmm. You know. He has close bonds with several people in that locker room. He's always been one dependable guy. Barnes, yep. He got brotherhood bonds, not only from his clique from BSK, but for anyone who respects him in that locker room, he's going to come to him for any type of advice. And he's and he's going to give him the real shit. Point way period. Further on down the line, he wins world championships. He ends up finishing his career with seven world heavyweight championships seven tag team championships, one time Royal Rumble winner, and one Kawhi um, tournament winner for that Saudi Arabia that Sully Arabia show. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> um, and of it course, it's 25-2 record for WrestleMania.
0: We should have been undefeated, but I respect
2: it. I do. <laughs> I feel the same way, too. Nah, uh, I'll-, I'll say this. he. He admitted that should, like, even though it's twenty what, twenty five and two? Yes. That he wanted someone else to um give him the that first L that was not supposed to been brought. I think he would say that it was supposed to be an edge years back. I think he wanted edge to take take um the drone. But and and Edge refused. Yep, <laughs> that's how you. That's how you know the respect value. If if a certain wrestler at the time of his peak, now I remind you, Edge was at his peak. and not, and just refused to take a dub to a legendary person. Like Undertaker, that tells you something. Who here would have Who here would took that? If someone tell if someone told you and you're your prom that you go against Undertaker at WrestleMania and you supposed to and you're supposed to take the victory. No. Would y'all do it? Nope.
1: No. Nah. I don't want the backlash <laughs> afterwards to be that like, you don't even deserve to even be that. Da, 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 da. The backlash that comes afterwards. I but I would take pressure. it and then you have that you have so much pressure on you to now you gotta deliver now. You basically been passing towards them now you are the workhorse now. So you gotta be able to bring your A game each and every damn day. Same with like the same way how he did. That's too much mm-hmm. fucking pressure. No.
0: But can you imagine, can you imagine, can you imagine being the one to the 25 and one? Like, what was the, what was the initial, like, we've all seen it, but I'm not going to lie to you. I, so this, this is kind of funny. I, I was supposed to watch that WrestleMania and something inside of me told me not to. Some deep down inside said, "Bro, do not watch this WrestleMania. Even though, even though you're a fan, don't watch it because you're going to be pissed off." And then when they told me that he lost, I said, "Shut the fuck up. He don't lose. Not in no fucking WrestleMania. I, anything else, that's fine. Not in the WrestleMania." I went back and I literally watched every fucking match that led to this match. Mm-hmm. And when I took the way he took that. First fucking official like, powerbomb at F5, I was like, yep, I'm all set. I, I said, I'm glad I did watch it because it was like he's not himself. Your face is someone who's not only hungry, but someone who wants to prove himself as the dominant fucking man in wrestling. Yeah. And I respect Mark Lesnar. But it's like, bruh, I, 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 he shouldn't have been the one to conquer five the twenty, the twenty-five. Like, it, 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 it's to me, it's like, come on, you, you, you should have done something just a little bit much more better and differently than you did before, because this shit's just not, it's not cutting it. I, I was hurt. And then the, the, the infamous mean look, with the black dude, with the eyes you out, know, with the mouth open. <laughs> dude, listen, when I'm telling you I was just like that, sitting in the room watching this shit like, yo, bro, when I mean I, rewind, I rewinded that match for about a good, i say four times, to try to see what the fuck happened, how the fuck did he lose, why the fuck did he lose, and just see the hurt. Okay, this is it. This is, uh, like, I was hurt, bro. And I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a, i am not I love the Undertaker. Okay? I love and respect this. But I'm a stone-cold, Bret Hart type of motherfucker. I'm gritty, but I do my shit with excellence, and I execute that shit perfectly. A lot of motherfuckers identify themselves as an Undertaker. Dark, secretive, mysterious. Gets the job up, workhorse the whole nine. Man, when I'm telling you the insides of my gut was turning, and I wanted to reach through that fucking TV and whoop Brock Lesnar's ass, I'm telling you, that's how pissed off I was. But then I had to look, after I thought about it the fan, I said, you know what, I'm kind of glad he lost. You know what I'm saying? It, it. There could have been others, and there should have been others that should have taken that that that, that winning streak or that winning streak and, and and cut it. And for those that didn't, I respect you. I want to say thank you, as the fan. Thank you that you didn't cut it short. Thank you that you didn't fuck up something that was history in the making. Because there's not going to be another twenty five and two. There'll be another undefeated motherfucker to ever walk into WWE and do what he has done. It'll it'll be years when we're probably in our sixties to where we'll see somebody recreate that kind of historical moment. That was a blessing in disguise for guys like us. For your eight year old self to to have that presence, to see the one man that you idolize and that you emulate and that you respect and that you love and you care for, to now hang it up and hang it up, and not only in a respectful way, but in a way that, that most legends and most people who retire would love to go out. You know, he wasn't forced to go out. He still wrestled, like you said, despite the injuries, despite the doctor's orders. If he felt like he could... Russell, he's going to suit up, he's going to do what he can, and he's going to put on a fucking show. This was his way of gracefully bowing out to a beautiful fucking career that we all admire and love. There's no downside to this, fellas, none whatsoever. This is like a celebration of it's about time, and I'm glad that we saw everything before it was too late.
1: Now before I get my final thought, I'm gonna get my final thought on the show. We're gonna wrap it up here from that point on. Um for I deuce, came in and all this shit, you know, start coming out in, in the middle of my stuff. Um my bad, my bad. I will to just make it longer show I'm gonna just say this. Um this ain't you no know, written letter or anything like that. This is just straight from my head. The stuff that I was thinking about for the last two years, last two or three years, when he lost the Roman Reigns, and we did a symbolic walk, I had written something down um, to read, to, you know, whatever. Hopefully he has to do that. But um, Dan Mark Calloway, sorry I have to say your government name. Um, I felt like it was more of a me opening up heart to heart and explaining to you how much of a fan that you made me and how I stay connected to wrestling because of you and how it made me stay connected to my mother, who's, you know, sadly not here. Um, she was the reason that, like I said, I started watching wrestling in the first place because of her, because she was a wrestling fan. And when I dive into it, I dive into it fully and try to get to know a lot, and he was the guy that I followed the path with. For from the beginning to the very end. Now we came to Roman Reigns match. Yes, I cried. I cried like a bitch for two whole days. I did, <laughs> and that is to show how I was emotionally invested that I was in the other thing. that when you did that, that's what I knew. His time is really about to either cut even shorter or he's officially done. As of tonight, and I wouldn't mind him walking out the door that way. Because if it made me cry, then that means obviously it affected, it it touched the nerve. It touched the nerve, and that means it touched someone's heart. It touched mine. Him, you, thank you for being who you are. Thank you for being, thank you for your morality of bringing that mentality into the wrestling industry and teaching us, the fans, but more importantly, the wrestlers, how to properly work and work the old school way and sometimes even even a little swath of the new school way can help too. He said rules and standards and you keep that you keep that tradition alive as long as you can. You pass on to the next generation so this thing keeps growing and stays normal. To me, wrestling is normal. He's been a part of my life for 30 years. From the very fucking beginning to where he made his announcement. I can honestly say this is similar to Kobe's retirement. To me, it felt the same way as Chris I mean as Paul Pierce's retirement. Cause you follow that man's career from, from the very beginning to the very end, like I did to as an eight year old, watching him play. It affects you too. You know, there's only a few people I actually like, you know, say so shed share, share tears for them like, damn, we grew up, it's like you grew up with him or grew up with that person, that person became like a part of your family because you're so used to seeing them. Now we're not gonna see him anymore. I steady applaud you for your illustrious career, for always standing up for what you rightfully believed in, and always stand up for the guys like us that's trying to make it in and trying to work hard. To be better, to work. I mean, to be better, to be better wrestlers, to be better people, and to stand for what we rightfully believe in. He stood up for the people in the locker room, in the office, and even in and, you know even to Vince. He w- he wrestled. He would wrestle when he was hurt, mm-hmm. and he would even put over anyone if it, were, if, if it was rightfully the plausibly so. Mm-hmm. To me, he was the man's man. Inside out, inside the ring and outside of. He's the reason why that my love for wrestling still stays the same because he was my all-time favorite. Not because of his personality, but everything about him as a whole. It's only one person that you could be like, he's a role model to you. Or he's some type of influence. He's that. Uh, And we thank you. Mm -hmm. Us here at the podcast, we thank you. We thank you. We we appreciate we love everything that you brought to the table from the very beginning. To all your accolades, to all the good with all the good and the bad, even to some of the crazy and fun times from I know right now he's definitely at peace. The same way we've seen Shawn Michaels, when he retired, that he was officially at peace. I can see that. I can see a little glare in his eye now. And he's like, now, this being home all, home every day with my wife and my kids now, and now I can really enjoy the enjoy the fruits of my labor. Now this is going to be this is going to be the best time for him right now, and I can be any more happier, any more happier. And I shed a little tear just now because I'm about to get my tattoo of him on my arm in a few weeks. It's this is going to be so dope that I'm going to cry watching it. <laughs> And um, that's all I got to say about that That's the end of our show boys Um, Thank you listeners for Giving us your ears We vent to you And we hope that you Really 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 Play this episode And really just take you off We really win indeed boys Um, Yeah man So our next episode of course is going to be About the Wednesday night The Wednesday night war AEW NXT See what happens then. Um, y'all want to do y'all plugins? I can go ahead and do it. Y'all know, y'all know what the hell I'm going to be saying, folks. Follow Wise Ones Podcast in the building right here on Anchor. You already know how to, you already know how to find us. Just rewind back and play. I said it early.
0: Uh, this is a great career, man. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Aker, for allowing us to do this. Uh, Thank you guys for giving your input and your feelings. You know, as far as respect, there's number love on this side. And to all the listeners, please keep listening. Please give back the positive feedback. Even if it's negative, keep it positive. All feedback is good feedback. All you haters, keep hating because we love it. The more you hate, the more we laugh and we keep going. Uh, you know, this is just a, a way for us to kind of get together as brothers and express our feelings and say what's on our minds and just know that this is talk. You know, this is just opinions, respected opinions on all sides. Uh, so shout out to the team, man. You know, the, the, more we, the more we do, the stronger we become, the better we are as people and as human beings, man. Well love to all y'all, man.
2: Um I'm you know what I'm gonna do something different today because just just because of the respect of the Undertaker. Um you know what shout shout out to all the listeners out there Shout out to It's something that's gonna be crazy what well, I'm gonna say sit there and say shout out to this man and here's the reason why I say that. Um, and whether for his genes, we would never see the other That is his masterpiece. We, yes, right now we all shit on Mr. McMahon for the product he's doing right now for the wrestling. But, and overall, nothing stops the creation of The Undertaker. Um, Shout out to to him. Shout out to all the wrestlers who actually wrestled with him and give us the matches that we can sit here and talk about for days and hours, minutes, and so on and so on about what we have seen over the years. Um even Paul Barrett. Um probably one of the best managers. So literally stuck by his side through thick and thin. And I know if he was alive, I will gladly sit here and say that he should be the one. A duck, right. you're
0: gonna
2: take
0: it right, <laughs> yeah, damn right, it wouldn't be fair for anybody else to do it exactly.
2: Like I said, if he was still alive, that we all agree he should be number one on that list. A second to that will have to be Vince, just of the loyalty he has. And if there was any picture of loyalty. If she has Undertaker's face on it. Shaking hands or hugging Vince Man. Cause that is pure definition of loyalty. That's all that's more all plugging for today. Alright, boys. Y'all know drill, everyone.
1: As I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again, to all the people. <sighs> Damn, this, this is hard. This is this a little different.
2: Damn. Yeah, let's do something different. Let's say Pippin' Ain't Easy on three.
1: No, shut up. Hashtag, hashtag, thank you, hashtag, thank you, Taker. <laughs> yeah, someone once told me, "What told you?" What told many people around the world with the Black Boxing <laughs>
0: Republic? And now he's a judge.
1: Take care of yourself and each other.